is that crust that everybody's been avoiding for the last 14 weeks. <laughs> and you take it out of the wrapper and um, it's, there's, like, there's like a football pitch growing on it, you know. But there's nothing else in the house. So what do you do? You know, you scrape the green off. And you stick it into the pop-up toaster. And you go over here to make yourself a cup of coffee. Now, why is it on mornings like this, why is it that pop-up toasters always seem to forget that they are pop-up toasters? So you're making your coffee. And you think, what's that smell? Fire! So you run over and you pop it up by hand. It's not green anymore. It's now black. So you scrape all the black off. And you smear it with butter and marmalade and stick it on the plate. <clears throat> and you're just walking over to the table in the kitchen. And why is it on mornings like this that the piece of toast always seems to slip off the plate and starts pirouetting down towards the carpet? It's like everything goes into slow motion, doesn't it? Because you're trying to catch it. And as you're trying to catch it, you're thinking at the same time, this piece of toast has got a 50-50 chance of landing marmalade side up or marmalade side down on the carpet. On mornings like this, does it ever land marmalade side up? Not a chance. So you pick it off the carpet. And on top of the marmalade, there are all sorts of other interesting things. Dog hairs. Old, dry-roasted peanuts. Somebody's toenail clippings. And you stand there in the middle of the kitchen and you think to yourself, there cannot be a God. Because if there was a God, he would not let all this bad stuff happen in my life. Anybody ever been there? Or was it just me? Just you and me, madam. Just the two of us. Okay. All right. But the thing that changed all that for me when I was much younger was a similar, in fact, exactly the same thing as the stories that we've been hearing about in the last few moments. It was actually coming to that point where I had an encounter with a God who loved me, with a God of power, and a God who had for me, and for you, I believe, amazing grace. And it was like night today. It was a total transformation in my life and uh, I want to share with you just in the few minutes that we have uh, this morning how you can have that sort of encounter with this God who loves you if you've never had that encounter before or maybe many years ago you would have said that God was real but somehow we heard it in one or two of the stories you drifted away the brilliant news the fantastic news the here's the big word are you ready scintillating news Thank you. This morning is that people like you and me, whoever we are, whatever our story is, whatever our journey has been this far in life, this morning we can have an encounter for the first time or a fresh encounter with this God of love. So the very first thing, the very first thing that Jesus ever said publicly when he started his ministry at the age of 30 was this. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. He said, repent and believe the gospel. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, even though 
20 centuries has gone by. I believe those words of Jesus are as real and, and as relevant for you and me this morning as they've ever been for, for any woman or man. He says to you this morning, whatever your story is, whatever your background is, he says, hey, the time's come. The time has come. See, I don't know why you're here this morning. Well, I know why some of you are here, because it's getting very cold out there. Yeah. But maybe you're here because this is your regular church. You come here on a, a, you know, a consistent basis. It could be that you're here this morning because you're a friend or a family of some of these people who have been baptized. But one thing I'm sure about is this. None of us, you, me, none of us are here coincidentally. None of us are here by accident. God, in some amazing way that I don't even try to understand, can't even understand, has a way of setting you up. He has a way of getting you in the right place at the right time so that even through the faltering lips of human beings, mine, all these stories we've heard this morning, he could just reach out to you with his love and tell you the time has come and that this morning could be the most significant morning of your life when God becomes more than just a word or somebody who's out there, but he becomes someone that you encounter that you experience for yourself. The time has come, he says. So how do you respond? How does someone like you or me, how do we become a follower of Jesus? See, I get to travel all around the United Kingdom in, in the job that I do for the Elim churches. And um, I've, I've been abroad as well, the Isle of Wight. That was just amazing. And um, wherever I go, you know, I get asked this question a lot by people. So Gary, if I want to do this, if I want to actually experience God, get to know what it is to follow Jesus, what has to happen? And I've boiled it down to three things. And I want to share them with you very quickly this morning. And they all begin with T, which helps me to remember them. And I don't have to refer to some notes somewhere, all right? So here they are. Turn, trust, take. That's simple, isn't it? Turn, trust, take. Could you all say that with me now, audience? Turn, trust, take congregation, excuse me, we're in church. That's what's involved. That's what's involved in becoming a follower of Jesus. Number one, turn. What does that mean? It means that we have to come to a point in our lives where we realize that up until this moment, every single one of us, in fact, every, every human being on the planet, we've basically turned our backs on God. God has said to people like us, he says, hey, I want you to live your life in this direction. I want you to walk with me. I want you to know my presence. I want you to know my goodness. I want you to know my power and my love in your life. Why don't you walk hand in hand with me, says God. And every one of us, to a greater or lesser degree, we've said, okay, God, that way. And he says, yes. And we go, right. <laughs> and we walk off in totally the opposite direction. This guy, Paul, that we read about earlier, John was reading from Paul earlier, he says this, he says, we have all sinned. We have all sinned. In other words, every one of us, we've rebelled against God. And we look at this world today and we say, you know, when you look at the world or watch the news, what's wrong with the world? So many things that we could say that are wrong with this world, yeah? Some years ago, there was a discussion in the Times newspaper on that question, what is wrong with the world? And a very famous man wrote a letter to the Times newspaper. He said, dear editor, what is wrong with the world? 
I am yours sincerely. I am. Because that's the problem that we, every one of us, we put ourselves first, other people second, and God last. Every one of us has done that. And uh, until we're willing to admit that to ourselves and to God, then we'll just continue walking away, being the captain of our own destiny, making our own choices, just doing things to please ourselves. But to turn means to do a 180. To come right around and come back to God and say, God, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry just for doing my own thing, going my own way. I'm sorry, not just for what I've done. I'm sorry for who I've been. And if we could all do that, I want to say to you this morning, the best way to live in God's world is God's way. The best way to live in God's world is God's way. And over, what is it now, 45 years after I first said yes to Jesus, I know that's been true in my life. And I've seen it in so many thousands and thousands of other lives as well. So I'm, I'm inviting you this morning, if you've never done that before, or if, if somehow you did once turn and you turned back, turn again. Turn again. Turn. Trust. Trust. Put your trust in this. That God loved you so much that he was willing to allow his one and only son, Jesus, to be crucified. To die a horrendous criminal's death. For you. For you. And you say to me, well, Gary, I understand that, you know, Christianity makes this big deal about the cross. You know, you see them outside of church buildings and on spires and people wear them uh, sometimes as jewelry, don't they? Very strange thing to wear a cross as jewellery, isn't it? If you were to do a modern version of that, you'd be wearing a little gold electric chair around your neck. Because that's what it was. But why did Jesus die? And what's that got to do with you and me this morning? I heard a story about a young guy. He was sitting at home one evening in, in the United States of America. lived in the city over there. And uh, he was in his apartment watching TV. When suddenly the door into his apartment burst open. And into the room came his younger brother. His younger brother was gasping for breath and he was wearing a blood-soaked shirt. And he explained to his elder brother he'd just been in a street fight and he'd knifed a man in the street and he had some wounds himself. And uh, there was a trail of blood from the street up the stairs right into the apartment. And the elder brother realized that they hadn't got long before the police would arrive and follow the trail of blood to where they were. So he said to his kid brother, he said, take off your shirt. And as his, as his younger brother took off his shirt, the elder brother removed his shirt as well. And he made them swap shirts. And just a few minutes later, the police burst into the apartment, saw the elder brother wearing the shirt that was covered in blood. So they immediately arrested him. He was taken away and he was charged Actually with murder. The guy in the street had died. He was charged with murder. Eventually went to trial. He was found guilty of murder in the first degree. And some years after that, after a few years on death row, the elder brother was executed for a crime that he hadn't committed. And this morning, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say to you, 2,000 years ago, your, your elder brother said, it's my fault. It's my fault. I did it. I did it. I take the blame. I take 
the penalty for every wrong thing that they have ever said or done or thought in their lives. One of the followers of Jesus wrote in the New Testament these words. He said, Christ died once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. Why? To bring us to God. To bring us to God. And I'm asking you this morning, are, are you willing to take that step of faith this morning Turn back to God and then trust him that Jesus died for you so that you could know what it is to start over again. And actually that now Jesus lives for you. And that's why life can be different. I was speaking at a university in the northeast of England some time ago. And before I spoke to these students at this university, we had, um, we had that evening meal together. What do you call it in Stratford-upon-Avon? Because I know it's a bit posh here. What do you call the evening meal? Dinner, tea, supper? Yeah, okay, right. So I'm having tea, right, with these students. And we've got this big trestle table. And listen, whenever you eat, um, that evening meal with students is always the same. Jackie potato, chili con carne. Every time. And occasionally quiche. But, you know, that's what it is. So I'm sitting there opposite this uh, student, this young woman. And we were chatting away. And she told me that she had been following Jesus for two weeks. Two weeks previously, she had said this big yes to following Jesus. So I said to her, I said, well, congratulations, that's, that's great news. I said, um, how do you feel? How do you feel right now? And I'll never forget, she looked at me, big smile on her face. She said one word. Do you know what the word was? She said, clean. She said, clean. I feel clean. I feel like all of that mess, all of that accumulated rubbish in my life over so many years is just being washed away, just being washed away. One of the things that happens in baptism is this, there's a washing of a conscience. Did you know that? The Bible talks about that. It's like, if you really, really, really need to know it, guys, you're going to know you're clean. You're clean because of what Jesus has done, yeah? So I'm asking you, put your trust in him. What Jesus has done for Actually, in the world today, something like 2 billion people right now, he can do that for you. Turn, trust, take. That's the last thing, isn't it? Driving into Stratford this morning, I live in Malvern. And uh, I'm driving in with my, my wife and our granddaughter, who was the, the, uh, the terrorist who was running around down here. And uh, she's great. She's been with us for the weekend. I'm shattered. So um, we're driving in, and I was reminded a couple of years ago, I came to Stratford with a team of young people, and we did a a free family fun day. The other side of the river, there's a bandstand. There's like, is it some meadow place? Yeah, we did lots of them. It's a bit hazy. But I remember standing there. I was sort of speaking on the bandstand after a band had played. And we had like uh, bouncy castles and hair braiding and face painting and lots of things going on there, free barbecue. And this guy walks up to me, just across the river there. This guy, maybe mid-30s, with four little kids, primary age kids. He walked up to me, and uh, he said, excuse me, are you anything to do with what's going on here? And I said, um, well, yeah, I guess so. And he said, um, he said, how much is it to come, to come and take advantage of all of this? I said, um, oh, it's, uh, it's free. I said, you know, the churches, the churches in Stratford were picking up the tab for all of this, you know. I said, it's free. He said, uh, right. He said, um, what, about if, uh, what about if she, one little girl, what about if she wants to get her hair braided? How much? 
I said, um, uh, it's free. He went, right. What about if they want their faces painted? I said, um, yeah, that's um, it's free. He goes, okay. How much are the burgers? <laughs> I went, yeah, they're, 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 they're free. I said, listen, mate, I don't think you've really understood what's going on here, have you? He went, why? I said, have you got any money on you? He said, yeah. I said, uh, you know, if you come into this, your money's no good. It doesn't work here. Because see all this going on, the bouncy castles, the hair braiding, the face painting, the barbie and everything else. Right, listen, read my lips. It's all, yeah, yeah, you're a bit slow, you lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all free. It's all free. Do you know what happened? He stood there, nodded his head, big eyes, and he turned and walked away. Took his four kids with him. Just walked away. What's that all about? What's You say, it's Stratford. No, no, no. It's actually, that could be anywhere in the world. You see, he could not believe what he was hearing. Yeah? Because things you don't get it for free. But here's the amazing thing. Turn, trust, take. Here it is. God says to you this morning, here it is on a plate. Here it is on a plate. My love for you. I want you to experience my love like the love of the best dad in the whole world. It's here on a plate. I want you to know my power to change bad to good and wrong into right. I want you to know my presence in your life, not just for a moment now, but for the rest of eternity. It's here on a plate and it's free. Take it, he says. And it would be so much easier, wouldn't it, at one level, if somehow you could earn the right to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. None of us are good enough. None of us deserve it. But God has been good enough to do it all. That's why this stuff is called salvation. God rescues us and he changes our lives. So that's the challenge for every one of us this morning. The challenge is this. Are we willing to turn? To put as it were, if I can just say it very clearly and bluntly, to put our pride on one side and say, I'm going to come back to God and tell him I'm sorry. Put our trust in the Lord Jesus. He died for you. This morning he lives for you. And then take what it is that he offers you, a brand new life. Is that good? It's the best offer in the world. You say to me, Gary, what do I have to do? You have to ask. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. That's his promise. He doesn't break his promises. So I'm going to pray a prayer now. It's it's legal because I'm a clergyman. I'm going to pray a prayer that's very similar to the prayer that I prayed many, many years ago when I said a big yes to Jesus. And if you feel that you can pray this prayer in your own heart, in your own mind this morning, I'm not asking you to pray it out loud, then I know that Jesus will hear that prayer and answer it because he promised he would. You may be hearing you say, well, Gary, I'm not ready for that, but I just want to find out some more. And that's fine as well. You know, there's lots of opportunities to do a bit more thinking, a bit more asking questions, and to go on that journey until you find Jesus to be all that you ever wanted and all that you ever needed. But right now, I know that for some here this morning, this is your moment. Do you remember what Jesus said? The time has come. And I would hate for you to leave today not having made that clear decision to follow him. Let's pray together. We're going to pray. You don't have to close your eyes to pray, but 
maybe it would help you uh, this morning just to do that if you can. Some of you have got little children, I understand that. But if you can, close your eyes as we pray. And let me ask you to think for a moment about all that you've heard. The stories that we've heard. The words that we've sung. And what we've been speaking about for the last few minutes. And can I ask you to imagine just for a second that you and I were the only two people here in this room right now. And can I ask you a question? Just to answer in your own mind, not out loud. Are you, are you a Christian? Do you know God? Have you ever made that positive decision to give your life to Jesus the way he gave his life for you? And if you're not, do you want to be? Do you want to be? Somebody might say, well, I was, but I feel like I'm a million miles away today. You can come back. You can come back home. Somebody said that earlier. Here's the words of a prayer. Just let me invite you to echo these words in your own mind, in your own heart, line by line after me. And Jesus will hear that and answer your prayer. Dear God, I come to you this morning. And I want to say, I'm really sorry for walking away from you. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you, God, that Jesus is alive now. And so, right now, I open my life to you. And I'm asking you, please, come into my life. Pour your forgiveness into me and make me clean. Pour your love into my heart. I want to know you. Give me your power to change. And Lord Jesus, I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And thank you for answering it. Amen. Folks, just stay with your eyes closed for a moment if you would because... I believe there are people here this morning and you just prayed that prayer with me and you really meant business with God. You weren't playing games. And if that's the case, God has already answered your prayer in those few moments. You may feel different already inside. You, actually, you might not feel any different, but you know that you meant what you prayed. What I'd like to do as we finish our time in here together now is I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray that God would really help you as you start this exciting adventure 
in following Jesus. So wherever you're seated right now, as we stay in that attitude of prayer, wherever you're seated right now, if you prayed with me, can I ask you to do something? I'm going to ask you in just a moment, if you prayed that prayer, to slip a hand high into the air as a way of saying, well, first of all, to God, God, here I am. I prayed and I'm not ashamed of the fact. And it's something that I will see from where I'm standing. and I'll, I'll know to include you in my prayer as I ask God to really help you. Is that okay? So wherever you're seated right now, if you prayed that prayer, let me invite you to do that. Just raise a hand to God. God, here I am. Thank you. Just keep your hand up for a minute. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Just keep your hands up for a moment if you would. I just want to make sure that I've seen everyone who's raised a hand so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you. Okay, just take your hands down, folks. Father, for every man, woman, young person here this morning who is saying a big yes to Jesus, I thank you for your promise. You'll never leave them and you'll never let them down. And I pray that in the days and weeks and months that are to come, they would find you to be more and more real in their experience. Would you bless them, Father? Be good to them. Show them your amazing grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Here's John. Great. Thanks, Gary. If you said a big yes to Jesus just now, then we've got some packs we'd love to give to you just for you to read uh, and understand a little bit more about uh, what it is that Jesus has done for you. And so uh, myself or some others will be stood on that, what we call a connect point just over there. Uh, come and see us at the end of the service when we've come back in. Uh, we'd love to chat with you. Maybe, maybe you're not in that place right now and we respect that. Everybody we believe is on a journey uh, and we don't pressure anybody. It's a free will decision and we don't want anyone to feel pressured. But I would encourage you, if these experiences of these people this morning is real, if the two point something billion people across the world have experienced something of the, the reality of who God is, then maybe it's just worth a little bit more of a read. I'd encourage you, uh, maybe come back to church. If you live in Stratford, you're welcome here anytime. Uh, we meet here every single Sunday at 10.30. Please, you'd be very welcome. Um, or maybe just take one of these packs and give some of the stuff inside of it a read. I want to challenge you and say maybe it's worth looking at. And so, we are going to get into the coldest water in Stratford. <laughs> so what we're going to invite you to do is we're going to, if you follow the green fence around the pool, you'll see it just through that space over that way. Uh, and we're going to baptize those uh, seven people this morning that are, that are um, willing to get cold. So if you make, your, make your way outside and gather around that, that pool, make sure you can all see. If we can just let kids maybe get nearer the front so they can really see well, uh, that would be fantastic. But let's just move out there now together.
Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. See, my hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Oh, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within. My anchor holds within.
Father, we thank you for what this day represents. For so many in this room, we remember and we look back and we think, yes, you've taken us, the wreck that we were, and you said, no longer do I base it on your performance, but let me do it for you. And we celebrate and we rejoice that you love us not based on our best day. You don't punish us based on our worst day but you love us based on what Jesus has done. And so we celebrate and we rejoice. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Guys, I want to encourage you, if, if this was the first time for you of making some step, lean in towards Jesus, or you want to find out a little bit more, Ian is stood over by our connect point over there. Just give us a wave, Ian. And there's some orange bags there we'd love to give you. Uh, if you want to do it quietly and just pinch one, that's fine. We respect that. Just grab one and but otherwise, there's food at the back, and as quickly as we can, we will get the cricket on because we need to know that England are going to be world champions. So please stay for food, but bless you. gives chase but won't be able to stop the second took a while for Payne Williamson to get into his stride <laughs> 